Most doctors would not recommend medicine as a career, and older physicians see their younger colleagues as less dedicated and hardworking, so staffing the right doctor to the right job is an increasingly more difficult challenge. Welcome to Inside Healthcare on ReachMD, XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Bruce Japson, and with me today is Kurt Mosley, who is Vice President of Business Development at Merritt Hawkins & Associate, the largest physician search and consulting firm in the nation. Mr. Mosley is nationally recognized on a wide range of medical staffing issues, such as doctor and nurse supply and demand, physician hospital relations, doctor compensation, and a wide range of issues facing medicine today. Mr. Mosley has written on a wide range of staffing issues for publications ranging from U.S. News and World Report to USA Today and Modern Healthcare Magazine. Mr. Mosley, welcome to Inside Healthcare on ReachMD. Well, thank you, Bruce. Thanks for having us today. Well, so tell us about these doctors. I mean, this is a trend that could be alarming and make it difficult for people. You guys had a survey about this group, particularly between 50 and 65, which is a big chunk that are talking about retiring and perhaps even more telling, would not recommend medicine as a career. What are we to draw from this? Well, first of all, we wanted to bring to light the issue that over half the physicians in America now are between 50 and 65, obviously our tail-end baby boomers and those uh, physicians throughout the nation are really concerned about what's happening and, and going forward. And if half of our physician population changes their access to patients in America, it could have a huge effect nationally. So do we know specifically, I mean, are these doctors in certain disciplines or is it primary care or is it across the board? It was really across the board. It was, it was multidisciplined. Obviously, majority of physicians, if you take out of the physician population, Bruce, are internal medicine and family practice, but it was all disciplines. Is there a certain trend that we should be looking for with these doctors? I mean, if they are to leave, are they leaving soon? I mean, could there be a potential issue of a shortage, or how far out are we looking? In so many people, when they answer a survey, they tend to maybe over-exaggerate, and we understand that, but we're looking at over the next two to three, and as long as eight years out, changes in their practice style. And in the midst of this doctor shortage, because of, and also with our doctors getting older, our patients are getting older, and our baby boomers are aging, and it's going to have a dramatic effect on doctor access, even if the smallest numbers happen over the longest period of time in our survey. Are there certain areas of the country where this is more stark? I know that you already talk have doctors who, for whatever reason, you know, might not accept Medicaid patients or Medicare based on reimbursement in certain areas. Is this trend, is this showing up in certain areas sooner than others? I mean, if you are a physician out there listening today, perhaps you're looking to locate in an area where there are doctors in need, or maybe you want to avoid that area because there's a certain thing going on. Is there a certain area of the country where this stuff is going on? Well, it's not regional, Bruce. I mean, it's all throughout the nation. And very likely, I get to speak all over the nation. And the 30-odd states I was here, I spoke this year, there's really no no difference. This is what I hear from physicians throughout the nation. It's a national issue. And what are their specific reasons for wanting to get out? Is it general frustration, reimbursement issues across the board, general disillusionment, or if you could tell us a little bit about this? Well, a lot of it is the burnout factor. You know, so many physicians now tell us they make the same in compensation they did four or five years ago, but they're working harder than ever. Plus, you know, government intervention. I mean, that's a huge issue. And what I mean by that is bureaucracy, paperwork. As a matter of fact, my next door neighbor in Dallas is an internist, and he 
told me one time, he said, it's so frustrating for me. He said, for every hour I spend with a patient, it takes me an hour's worth of paperwork to take care of that patient. And he said, Our, my paperwork stack is just extremely high on my desk. He said, every day for me is like April 14th for you filling out your taxes. So that's that's a frustration. And also, this whole, a lot of our doctors, our baby boomers, and it's really our baby boomers surveyed, obviously 50 to 65, but it is our baby boomers. They're telling us when they signed on, they signed on to take care of patients, not to deal with government bureaucracy, malpractice, and insurance underlings, say, telling you what you can and can't do to a patient from a test procedure or a recommended pharmaceutical prescription. So. Well, if you're just joining us, you're listening to Inside Healthcare on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Bruce Japson of the Chicago Tribune, and joining me today is Kurt Mosley. He's Executive Vice President of Business Development for Merritt Hawkins. If you don't know Merritt Hawkins, Merritt Hawkins is one of the largest physician staffing organizations in the United States. And we're talking about one of their specialties, which is to look into and see what is keeping doctors in medicine, or perhaps more startling, why they are leaving. And they had a survey recently that talked about 48% of physicians between the ages of 50 and 65 are planning to retire and seek non-clinical jobs, work part-time, even close their practices. And also they're telling their younger colleagues, listen, hey, you don't really want to do this. So from a physician recruiting standpoint, if you will, Kurt, could you tell our audience how difficult does that make Merritt Hawkins' job, and what can you tell doctors when you're trying to maybe place them with the right job? It compounds the problem. It's tough to relocate any profession across the nation to another profession. That's just, it, you know, that's been around since the turn of time. But our physicians, with, with this situation going on, our physicians, when I got into this business 20 years ago, it was a, really a doctor would call us and say, tell me about different locations. It was like real estate. It was location, location, location. Now, even you know, throughout the whole gamut of our doctors, it's lifestyle, lifestyle, lifestyle. And it's, the doctors now have different priorities. You know, they're committed to their patients, but in the long run, they want to look and see about taking care of their families, watching their children grow up. And that doesn't, during those times, it doesn't necessarily hurt from an access standpoint, but it makes it tougher for us to find that right opportunity because so many new requirements are being placed on us by physicians saying, I, I will not necessarily take call in the hospital. I want to work X amount of hours a week. I want time off. I want set hours, which is very different than what our baby members you know, experience on their way up through the ranks uh, in their careers in medicine. And so are the, a lot of the younger doctors there realizing that they're probably going to go work for somebody else? I mean, is it even possible anymore for a doctor to just put out their shingle in a small town and just say, hey, I'm open for business? Very rarely. In fact, our, most of our residents, we do a resident survey every other year. Our residents tell us when they come out of their residencies, they're ready for the practice of medicine but they're not ready for the business of medicine. And that really, to answer your question directly, it's hard for them to hang out a shingle because a lot of them haven't been trained in the business, the ethics, and everything of medicine, which is extremely technical and difficult right now. And our older doctors have told us also that they'd like to maybe cut back. So many of uh, the ones we identified in the survey said they're not necessarily running away from medicine, but they're seeking alternative 
sources where they can practice medicine outside the patient-physician relationship. And what for these doctors who may go work for somebody else? I mean, given the fact is, as you say, that they're not really trained in the world of business. A matter of fact, in, in Chicago, there was just uh, there's a couple of schools that have started up a couple of programs. But if you know if you're going through a residency and you're in medical school, you want to focus on getting your medical degree and then getting a good uh, fellowship or residency. So you don't want to spend a lot of time in business classes. What are you tell doctors to look for if they are looking into a, a certain group practice? Well, we tell them to look for, you know, is there a non-compete agreement? Are you free to practice outside of that group if, you, if there's a disillusionment of your relationship with that practice? Are you free to practice and stay at that hospital setting and practice in other parts of the community? Are, you, are the other doctors going to share a call with you so you're not on call every night? Or is there going to be a bonus sharing or a distribution of income within the group? That'll make it advantageous for everybody to pitch in. And those are when, you know, obviously a doctor is employed by that group. But so many physicians, and even our older doctors, we're in this survey are telling us they want to go back to the old employment model where they're employed by a hospital or a group. And then the burden of the business part, the paperwork, the malpractice, all that is part of that employment contract and they're free to take care of patients is what they really went to school for. And so, and actually, when you talk about the American Medical Association, which I, they have a big meeting in Chicago every year a few years ago, you know, they're talking about doctors unionizing, and that didn't go very well as far as the union. But I guess what you're telling me is that doctors are, are willing to basically go to work for somebody. And I suppose if, would they have more set hours? I mean, would they, could the nine to five and so forth? Absolutely. And it's even doctors that have been in private practice their whole life coming back and saying, I'm, I'm just tired of this whole frustration of three different you know, payer mixes, different insurance companies, said intervention from insurance companies. They say, that I may want to work maybe for a little less money, but be in a situation where I'm guaranteed a set amount every year, plus a set schedule, as you mentioned. And that's why we see so many of our new physicians coming into practice now, which the majority of them are women, and they're multi ethnic and multi-gendered, there's international medical graduates, and they're coming in and asking for these turnkey employment models so they can concentrate on practicing medicine. And that actually is a good thing for patient care. And if you compare it to the the nurse shortage, let's face it, I mean, uh, nurse income in this country has risen quite dramatically where I know from stories that I've written where a nurse could basically say, you know what, I've got three kids at home and I'll work two 16-hour shifts over the weekend and they might even get paid time and a half if they go beyond eight hours. I mean, do you see something like that developing in the in the medical field where if there is indeed a shortage and if the younger doctors are saying, hey, you know what, we'll just go work for somebody else and let them deal with the hassles. I see that across the board. And the issue is, is that, like I said, the primary caregiver of tomorrow is probably going to be a woman. That's just the way that everything's trending into the residency programs and how it's stacking up in our medical schools. You know, the, the people they're producing, majority of them are women in internal medicine, family practice, OBGYN. And they're coming out saying, I want to see, you know, it's not that they're lazy, I mean, not at all, but they actually have two careers. They're moms, heads of households, as well as physicians. So in their standpoint, they're in a seller's market. They can not necessarily demand, but they can sure dictate how they want to work, where they want to work, and the hours they do want to work. And that, that trade-off of being employed at the same time is a give and take, and it's all in the negotiation of how you structure that contract. And is that where Merritt Hawkins were to come in? I mean, I know that you're an old baseball player. I mean, is that a situation where a Merritt Hawkins or another consulting agency would come in? Do they work as sort of an agent, as it were? Absolutely. I mean, there is, you know, Merritt Hawkins has been called many things in the marketplace, but obviously, 
you know, matchmaker, headhunter sometimes, which we don't necessarily like the term, but we're more a career consultant. And that's really what a good agent, I think, should be to answer your question. I mean, we tell them the pros and cons of each of the opportunities and what they want in a practice style. That's the key. A physician obviously has to live in the community, deal with the community, work in the community environment, but their key is what is my practice environment is? What is my primacy of the workshop and how do I work within that practice within that community? And that's the key to really solve all those things prior to them ever thinking about visiting an opportunity. So you can hash all that out and really say, here are your career goals, here are your practice goals. Then let's look at the locations. That's really third. And that's our job to to consult with them and try to help them to make the right decision. Well, I want to thank Kurt Mosley, who's been our guest. He's the executive vice president of Merritt Hawkins, which is a physician staffing organization out of Dallas, Texas. He has joined us from Dallas, Texas today. I'm Bruce Japson, the Chicago Tribune's healthcare reporter, and this has been Inside Healthcare on ReachMD XM 157, the channel for medical professionals. Mr. Mosley has given us a lot to think about as far as physician staffing. And if you would like to email us your questions or comments through our website, please do so at reachmd.com, which now features our entire medical show library and on-demand podcasts. And I want to thank you today for listening.